Hawaiian team. You guys sound heartless, huh? Oh, uh, okay. Oh, there. Damn. All right, all right. That's where you go, Badoomch, buddy. I'll even give you a round of applause. Hey, welcome back to the Mickey D's podcast <laughs> episode 23. 23. Yes. 23, Jordan episode. You know Let's go. Don't mm-hmm. throw up any gang signs. Let me put my hands up. Yeah. Yeah, what I am bet. I doing? You know, back in the valley. Yep. How's everybody feeling? Everybody good. Feeling good. You know, finally getting out of this food coma. You know what I'm and saying? I just had leftovers again Man. at my oh parents' my house. I'm gonna be in this coma for a minute. But when when is the proper? I mean, we're talking four or five days out of yeah. Thanksgiving now. When's the proper time to just let it go? I like, think it's now. Leftover. I, I think it's now. Today. See, with my issue is I don't like seeing food go to waste. So <laughs> so as long as I know my parents have food in their fridge and I know it's gonna be thrown out. I'm, I'm gonna get after it. I mean, what's the point where it's just it's bad for you to eat? After well, a if it's bad for you, then you gotta throw it out. Yeah, but, that's what I'm saying. But right? I mean, it still smells good. It tastes good. Yeah, it's good for you. It's fine. I mean, I think I think that that following Monday is probably like the last day you should be like, because at the point at that point you're eating the scraps. Let's see what's that like, Thursday Monday. All right, yeah, over the weekend. Still good. I'm. I, I took some leftovers home too. When's the last time? <laughs> like on Monday? Yeah. You plan on eating them tomorrow? <laughs> I'm eating them tomorrow. When's tomorrow the last day. time you took a bite of something and just stopped and you're like, nah, hold up. I was probably in Italy. Had some bad Italian food. Had some bad pasta. You had bad Italian food. In I've Italy? had some of the worst Italian food in Italy. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. I've actually heard that before. Yeah. But well, I would. I would imagine. But I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't really respect this guy's opinion because he thought Olive Garden was good. And I was like, oh, come shit. on, bro. Who, who are we talking about? No, I'm not naming names. No. Oh. This is not that kind of podcast. <laughs> he will never be on this podcast. <laughs> Ever. Anybody that says Olive Garden Cat is a shit will never be Cat on this podcast. Yeah, that's oh, not allowed. Man. How was everybody's Thanksgiving? Good. Good. I had yeah, a great man. one, you know. Uh, spent time well. with the family as usual, with mm-hmm. the sister, uh, brother-in-law, wifey. We had a cool, quiet, intimate Thanksgiving dinner. You know, we ate, sat on our ass, and chilled, there drink. So, and you were so gracious to host us. Oh yes, on for a uh, Friendsgiving. Friendsgiving on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, I beg, I beg wifey to cancel this shit, but she refuses. This is why like, you don't like people in your house. I just don't like people in my. I, you know what? Let me take that back before because you like setting me up on that shit. <laughs> it's an honest question. He was ready to, <laughs> Sean. It's an honest question. So fast. He was. You don't like people in your house? No. It's not that I don't like people in my house. What's your war against Thanksgiving? All right. I don't. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Okay. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Beyond all it. the like, you know, bad history on there. But yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. But you know, yeah, she, we've been doing, with? we've been, we've been living together for what I don't know, three, four years now, and yeah. she's been, she's been doing her friendsgiving, you know, ever since we moved in together. So that's like her thing. She likes to do it. She doesn't cook on Thanksgiving. She may do like some appetizers because we go to my sister's house. Yeah. So that's her way of us having. um uh, our, our Thanksgiving And she invites We have a lot of friends In town that Either are not from LA Or You know single parents They don't have families To go have Thanksgiving with So she, that's a way Of inviting everybody But we also Everyone who does have family We get Whoever's friends And we cool with Or in a in circle We like to have them over Just show You know love We don't ask nobody To bring anything But you know Whatever they're drinking And stuff like yeah. that yeah. Um, And then that's it You know we feed everybody And we hang out And we enjoy it So I don't I don't mind it You know Again my place is not that big. Yeah. Uh, but we do have a backyard. We have, you know, multiple rooms. So mm-hmm. when the weather is nice, yeah. it's cool because people are spread out throughout the outside, mm-hmm. inside and stuff like that. But because it was raining, 
Yeah, y'all seen it was it was it was kind of tight in there at times. And the people are going right? in and out. Yeah, you got the mud going and that, in. And that's and out. the one thing I didn't want to do. And I and I told yeah. her a week. I saw it. I said, "Babe, it's going to rain. We should yeah. cancel it." Yeah, like you know, and I take care. She does all the cooking, so you know I'm in charge of the cleanup. So mm-hmm. you ever clean up after thirty people? <laughs> we just it's, yeah. it's just hey, not fun, he got but. to it. I was I was one of the last people there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mickey did you help? And wrote, yeah. No, did you help? I just watched. Are you yeah. one of those friends? <laughs> but he offered. He offered. Did he did offer. offer. He did offer, and we were like, <laughs> nah, you're a guest. How the <laughs> fuck would me and Rel look like <laughs> washing dishes together? <laughs> we should have saved <laughs> it for the podcast. I'm not a small guy. <laughs> Gossip, guys. It's just two He know. washes, passes to you, you dry. Exactly, yo. Yeah. 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 Come on, little but sister. No, no, no. He, he definitely, he definitely offered for help, but you know, he was a guest. We're like, nah, man, hang out, chill. Yeah, we knocked it out. I didn't want to wake up in the morning and have a dirty ass kitchen and yeah. just yeah. home and shit. So that we did after worst. he left, like we finished everything up. But it, it was cool, man. I appreciate you guys coming out. You know, yeah, um, appreciate you, man. Yeah, man. That you know, was good. Uh, you guys enjoyed yourself and enjoyed the food. You know, we got to watch the Laker game in watch the studio. The Lakers, yeah, got the yeah. love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So time. even though I'm not a Laker fan, put the put the Lakers on the screen for y'all. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. See, that's love. Yeah, you know, that's I'm. A, I try to be a gracious, a gracious host. You know, nah, you killed it. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. And I but, like um, to think and I'll put this up for debate with you guys, but I think I saw way more friends giving posts than actual, actual Thanksgiving. I agree. I would agree with you. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think that's the thing. I mean, some people, bro, it was like Halloween landing on a Tuesday. Like, we were just <laughs> dragging out Friendsgivings from like yeah. three weeks ago and all the way through. It's kind of a new, not a new thing, but it's kind of a new thing. What's, Friendsgiving. What's the, what's the earliest like, you Like, like announcing your baby's gender, gender reveal parties. Like, it's not a new that's thing, but it's a new thing. thing. Is, is, yeah. is that a Is there like a, a rule Like what's the earliest You can have a Friendsgiving on? I don't think, oh, there's, I don't a think there's a rule, a rule. So like yeah. you can literally Have a Friendsgiving Two, three weeks Before Thanksgiving Yeah it I might be smarter sure I got invited to one The second Monday of the month Yeah it might be smarter Because if you do turkey You 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 wouldn't want to do it The day before Or yeah. five days before You want to do like A week or two before True Yeah it could be like mm-hmm. well, And then and yeah, not yeah. do turkey Yeah that's what right, we do Which is right, right, right. ideal But that's right. what I'm saying And it's only because We that's do it considered. the day before yeah. Thanksgiving So it's just like Yo we make stuff that We try to make stuff That we wouldn't imagine People would have on Thanksgiving Or whatever So it's still good food Or whatever you know But yeah. cool yeah. I think Thanksgiving Will be rebranded eventually And I hope not man Don't fuck up the holiday man If it ain't broke I don't, don't, I don't think it. it's about Okay, I, let me. I'm saying it'll be rebranded into a different name, or or a different meaning behind it versus the whole like you know, pilgrims coming in and raping Indians and taking over the land. I think it already has that. You know what I mean? I think it's more so you think about everybody's progressed from that. Yeah, I think, I think so. people look past it. Yeah. They don't do it to celebrate that. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's more about you know loved ones just coming together and actually breaking bread and you know yeah. you know how often. I know in my case, you know, whenever. Um, we have Thanksgiving, we get to see some extended family that we don't see that often. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think like obviously Christmas yeah. as well, those are the times that we get to see that, that that extended family that we don't get to see that often and just get to chop it up with them. I think, you know, it has transpired into something like that. Yeah. More so, or we celebrate it in that form or you right. know, utilize it in that form then with the... Uh, right. Whatever. We whatever were, way that, we were you know, taught exactly. Kids yeah. growing up. Yeah. Things have changed. Yeah. How was y'all Thanksgiving? Um, my Thanksgiving was awesome as usual. Uh, the day after that, I went to Chicago, got to experience a little Black Friday action on Michigan Ave. Nice. It was, was packed. It was it people was hectic, were out, huh? man. People were out. Yeah, and, and I think the cold, I, huh? Yeah, 
Yeah, uh, it wasn't. I mean, it's snowing. cold in it California, yeah, bro. It was nah, great it, talking about. Yeah, no, Chicago was another level of cold. Um, it was like two degree difference. <laughs> didn't feel that way. <laughs> it felt a that lot colder. Chill, that wind chill, <laughs> it felt a it. lot colder gotta, in Chicago. You buy a Chicago coat for Chicago. <laughs> Shit, but um, but yeah, I did a roof Friday night, and I think Black Friday had a little bit to do with the people uh, with, with with the low attendance ah, that night. Uh, okay, um, but I think they expected that though. I went to Tao later that night, and I think all around the city it was it was a little light from what I heard. But um, I got to see uh, Metro and Navic do Tao. Shout out to those guys. Metro's like, Metro's so nasty with his chirps. He's got like my dream chirps. The chirps I want the right be on the right before that one bar before the beat drops. Shit's hot. Oh, uh, gonna say play the magical. No, do you have that? Do that for him, and and I'll give him an applause. Okay. Um, but yeah, those guys are. Uh, chirp, I love chirp. how they they hustle out there. They yeah. get busy with it. Um, Spry was out there. Another guy's right. got nasty chirps. Uh, and uh, Dirty Darren, for those that don't nerd, know Dirty Darren, he's a he's a, quite an amazing fellow. Um, very fun guy. I think all those Chicago guys rally behind and um, make a big deal about him when he's uh, out and about. He gets drunk. There he nice. gets, you know, one of those guys. Good guy. Has a good time. Yeah. And then I did, uh, went up to Milwaukee. I did a spot called Lucid Light Lounge. And I've been working on trying to get this one for a while. Finally made it happen through some good friends. And um, man, Milwaukee's with the hip hop shits. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be surprised. Yeah, man. They, they, T Grizzly, uh, Dreams and Nightmares, Fanetto's probably the. I, mean, I ain't trying to sound racist. So I'm trying, trying to go there. But when a white whoa, girl whoa, holds whoa, up Fanetto on her phone. Fanito. Fanito, sorry. <laughs> Fanito on her phone. Like, that to me took the night away. I'm like, yo, this is Milwaukee. Right. This, this, this. That was your moment. This, this makes Milwaukee that what it is. Away. But it's also, you know, an hour and a half from Chicago. So I shouldn't be surprised because Chief Keefe's Chicago. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, shout out to uh, Donato, Alex. Uh, the hospitality was dope. Um, it was a really, really fun hip hop night and I came back and that was my weekend. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I had experienced Black Friday for hands on. Mm, no oh, sleep. Yeah. Owning uh, the Mag Park and our, we have three brick and mortar locations uh, aside from our website, themagpark.com. Um, and yeah, my, I actually did not have Thanksgiving dinner. Don't, mm. don't sympathize for me. Okay. It just, we, we had a, Little family stuff to deal with. Someone was, you know, not everybody was feeling really up for the travel. Shout out to my little brother, Andy. He uh, he moved uh, to Riverside recently. And so mm-hmm. we we're trying to have dinner over there and just logistically with the rain, which wasn't planned, obviously. Yeah. Um, it didn't make the most amount of sense to drive and kind of historically one of the worst days to drive, um, <laughs> especially in California and rain. Drivers don't mix. So uh, I kind of skipped on the two-hour drive and decided to pull up to the store at like five o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, jumped on the computer, got some work done uh, right after the McDonald's drive-through because that's all that was open. So that was my oh, Thanksgiving dinner. But uh, did the employees look at you like, "Damn, I'm sorry"? Nah, <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, I, I also wasn't telling nobody. <laughs> he wasn't looking at them except like except the, the world now. But uh, <laughs> they were nah. like, "Hey, you enjoy this meal." No, nah, they didn't get here till like 10 p.m. I got here at five. Shit, told so. them to bring you a plate. Nah, it's all good. But you know, <laughs> in in my like, I guess work ethic, it's it's not 
something I think somebody would be surprised about. Yeah. I almost prefer it. So, yeah. uh, growing up and seeing that from my parents. So anyway, just came to work, uh, early and then we set up, uh, we had, when I got here at five, we had five people in the rain, mm. like Damn. waiting for us to open the doors. And you guys what did the first person get? We opened at midnight. Okay. So they and had so some time. Before I get to that part, when we opened the doors, we were at 65 people mm. or so um, in line. And it had just rained mostly through like the, the like nine to like 10, 30-ish time. And then we opened up at midnight. Um, try to get everybody in as fast as possible. First 10 in, kind of get free range of whatever they want to pick. The guy that was first in line and we were, we had a couple inside bets to see which shoe he would take. He ended up taking this Fear of God orange, uh, Fear of God one that really, I think retails for like four, like three fifty four hundred yeah. after yeah. tax. And, and he uh, had to choose, he could choose any shoe he wanted. It wasn't for free. Like he, but it was so, for like so retail. I, so I put it for 200 bucks. Oh, okay. And it was like worn once. And out of all the different deals, we, and we had a bunch of deals. We had Yeezys for 150 bucks, oh, like mm. some like, like some lightly used, you know, sneakers. And then we had some brand new off-white stuff for retail. Um, there were some pretty good deals in there. Mm. Yeah. And they so they chose the Fear of God one for 200 bucks first. And then because it was him and his boy that were, that were first in line since like 5 o'clock, we hooked them up each with a brand new pair of Jordan 1 Jim Reds. Nice. Uh, brand new shoes. So on the house. And nice. then along with like a little care package of our, our clothing. So, so. they, uh, I talked to them at the end and uh, funny enough, they were the last guys to leave. Uh, so they really? hung out. Yeah. We were open from 12 to four in the morning. God. And so they stuck around the whole time and we had people coming in and shopping at all, all at all hours and uh, close up shop. And then headed over to Topanga that we opened up the Topanga store. We opened up at six in the morning at the mall. And then that was nuts. Like mall, Black Friday, scary. Uh, Just the valley, like it was nuts. And I don't think at any given time after, I'm going to say 11 a.m., was there ever less than 30 people in in our store? Damn. Like just grabbing something, finding something, asking for a size, whatever the case may be. So it was a pretty nutty day. Um, definitely uh, an improvement from last year's Black Friday. Yeah. Um, and overall successful, man. This is yeah. like, you know, when we get to make room, get ready for the holiday and bring in all types of new stuff. So nice, super exciting. Yeah. And that was kind of how. Did you go home and just knock out after that? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I think that was the, the quickest and the earliest I've ever been. I think I still, shout out to DJ Peso, man. He like FaceTime me in the middle of the night and I'm just like looking like, like a cat that's been outside in the rain for like, <laughs> like just like, you ever just look at yourself when you make up the face and like, oh shit, scared yeah. myself. Yeah. And I, he just looks at me like, man, you're like, you good? <laughs> like, I'm like, look, bro, oh, man, I haven't slept. It's been a long day. I'm not going absolutely anywhere. How long yeah. did you sleep for? Uh, I only slept. I still slept for like I think eight eight, <laughs> eight hours. Like which was like a, a that's long. So what time, time did you end up getting home? Uh, shoot, I left Topanga. We closed at nine. I I got home like around ten. Like nine a.m. Nine forty five p.m. p.m. 
yeah, we closed. And I just knocked out. And then I was up like kind of fresh by like yeah. six in the morning mm. on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. And then Saturday, I got to go check out uh, B-Dot, who was our last hey. guest. He actually got to open up. All uh, right. Well, what's the grade? Premier, what are we giving club? him? You know, it's funny. He he did his thing. And that's the political way of like not saying like good or bad. Right. <laughs> so I'm not trying to go there. It's Dot. funny how you like, you but call yourself I out on that. that. I had a catch that. Yeah. I don't want to sound like a dick. But um, so I got there at, he did a 10.30, 11.30 set. Okay. okay. This club usually doesn't pop off till like 12.30. Yeah. So I feel like they kind of put him in the beginning just to see what he could really do. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't blame them. And I think Dot really enjoyed it. And he took it on as a, ch- as a challenge. And I think he did a great job. You know, okay. I, there were a couple moments. And it's funny because I forgot who I was telling but I was like, I, I don't like... I don't give advice anymore or I don't like say anything unless I'm asked for it. Yep. Like, yeah. I don't want to be I that asshole. Always operate. Right. You know, it's like, I've done that long enough yeah. or I'll be in the club and you used to not be able to turn off your like, you know, like judgment ear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now it's like, I don't care. Like mm-hmm. if the place is rocking, he's doing his thing. Yep. Yeah. It, it, if it's different how I do my thing, then cool. That's fine. I accept it. So anyway, uh, so dot, uh, d- asked me, uh, at the end of his set, what did I think? Yeah. What could he, he specifically, what could he have done better? And I was like, oh, okay, like I probably just would have done this a little differently or I would have put this here and there. Um, but overall, his his uh, track selection, he had a dance floor going, which nice. yeah. even in that room, like it's unheard always of that dance floor. Huh? So they were rocking. And so, so he did a great job and it was a fun night, man. You didn't tell him to just go in there and bang it out? Um. <laughs> No. Shoot you a shot. No. <laughs> I'm giving DJ advice, not relationship <laughs> advice. Well, no, because that's what Carnage, that's what Carnage <laughs> said. He said, open it, you just go in there and bang it out. Facts. Okay, so we were just talking about this. Yeah. Right? Um, so well, let, let me, let me, yeah, go ahead, for those that, I mean, by quote. now, everyone should, this is going to air a week later, but opener, Carnage said, openers should always bang it out. If the headliner DJ gets mad at you, it just shows that they're insecure that one opening slot might be in front of an important agent or promoter. Give it your all. It can make or break you. Okay. I, I wonder if this was a joke. <laughs> React. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, well, I, I, that's why I'm, I'm curious if it was just for clout, like for him to just get, put that out there to get a reaction from people. Yeah. Cause you have to know that if you say, well, some the thing shit is like that, the, you're going to get a reaction. The, the, the DJ community is small compared to, his fan base or people that just, or just all the people that go out to clubs. So like, why would you poke at that community for a reaction? You know what I mean? Yeah. Have you seen Carnage DJ? Yeah. Yes. I've seen him once or twice and I, I get, I get like why he said what he said, but I'll start with like the most obvious, like, He's an artist first, DJ second. second. Exactly. Like, you know, like similar to, to Mustard, who respectfully, like, he's, I think, the only real hip-hop guy mm-hmm. that can play records like an EDM guy because he made so many hits. Yeah. Like, he's got a catalog. Yeah. And 
when you're an artist, yeah, and especially with Carnage, like he's probably got a bunch of cuts that nobody has. It's only in his hard drive. Yeah. It's only what he has. So of course he's going to feel comfortable with somebody quote unquote banging it out yeah. or whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, like people that are going to see him are going to see what he's going to do. He's a ticket mover. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can't apply that, that concept or that ideology for everyone because we're all playing a lot of the same records. Yeah. Yeah. When you talk about what, what records are going to create moments at the club currently within the same circle, like it's really 15 records. Yeah. So if out of those 15, someone bangs them out without really thinking about it, you're talking about 10 seven to 10 records that could possibly be out of your arsenal for the day to create moments. Well, in his world at those festivals, whatever their lineup is, you're going to hear the the hottest songs get bootlegged and play different bootlegs versions of the hottest songs in the festival world. So consider people playing before you in, in a festival openers. No, but that's why I think he, um, that's why I think he looks at it that way is because I'm so used to the guys. I think, I don't know, I could be wrong, but if I can put myself in his shoes and think about all the festivals I do, I'm thinking there's three or four other DJs playing the same song or the same vocals as me, just with different drops. So it's fine. It's normal. It's acceptable in our community of DJs. Now I could be wrong and I'm, and I'm open to being told I'm wrong, but Carnage was an opener at Avalon on Friday nights, uh, control Fridays, which was, which was one of the best like EDM nights in Hollywood before he blew up. So I, I I like to think he has that opener experience or he wouldn't know what to do, or maybe he's gone so big that he just forgot about how an opener should open up. But even at Avalon, let's, let's, let's use that as an example. Cause that's not a festival, but it is a, a ticketed event that everybody's accounted for, um, at the front. Uh, so, so if you take Avalon, every DJ that's spinning there has to blow it off, blow it off the hinges because that's what the kids are going for. So you have to go hard or do what you got to do, do, do you. And then eventually the kids and, and the thing about those crowds is, and I say the kids cause it's 18 and over or 19 and over thing about that, that crowd is if they don't like the song or they're not feeling it, they just stand there and they patiently wait. They're not upset. They just wait. So if it's early on and it's too much energy for them, they're like, cool, no problem. Like, it's all good. Like this, I'll just wait. And then as the night builds up, you know, and the main guy goes on, they, it's like another level of energy hits and they go crazy for that headliner. So, so I'm just saying there's different ways of looking at it. I'm trying to, I'm really trying to look at it like him as opposed to just one yeah. of us stepping into a t- club to do a two hour set. Yeah, I, I think, think he would just, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think he'd probably just have to elaborate more on that tweet. You yeah. know what I mean? Just kind of. Yeah, you can't just like leave that there. Because that's, that leaves it wide open for a lot of interpretation. You know like what I mean? Like you can't just say pizza sucks. Yeah. Like which one? Which pizza sucks? For Why does city? it suck? Yeah. Where is he? <laughs> and, and, and if I'm on the side of saying that he's wrong, it always, it, ma- it makes me think back to when this woman opened for me and she banged it out and went extremely hard and the club was looking at her like, what the fuck are you doing? And when I got on, I had to take the energy down 
just so I can bring it back back up. up. Reset the room, yeah. Yeah, so so when I think of that, I'm just like, no, (laughs) no, that you don't bang it out early because it depends on the night. If you go into a a marquee or or think of any any major club in America, you're not the 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 bookers don't want you to bang it out early. In fact, the lights are really low because it's not about you. It's just about setting the mood. So you know, as opposed to when the headliner gets on, the lights are flickering. They're doing the lights are, you know, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. But you're as an opener in those settings, you're not supposed to bang it out. You're just supposed to get the energy to its proper level before the headliner goes on. And in some cases, uh, they have you at a lower level on the volume on yeah. the master. And then when the headliner gets on, they pull the master up for the headliner be just to make sure you don't do anything stupid or just to keep you at a specific level. Right. Yeah. I think just also in the EDM side of the world, because I you consider Carnage yeah. an EDM DJ, right? Category wise. Yeah, fe- or let's just say festival, festival DJ. Festival. Okay. Yeah. So in the festival side of things, there's so many subgenres. Yeah. So like what are hits? Yeah. Like in those different categories, different worlds, like it's literally, yeah, it's in the same city, but it might be in a different neighborhood, right? When it comes to the how the record sounds or what they what works, what doesn't work. And so I th- I feel like yeah, in that world, you can probably bang shit out and play certain sh- certain records yeah. and still like have this high energy, but you're not really in this dude's from this dude's hood. Like yeah. you're you're yeah. playing some other shit. Versus if you kind of put this vague uh description of like openers in general should bang it out. I think we all kind of know as like specifically where how we were kind of growing up in this DJ world. That that's not the motto. Like, yeah. like our job as openers, when we're openers, is to literally throw it off the backboard so the headliner can just slam dunk the yeah. shit. It should be an easy lob. Easy lob. Yeah. Right? And so I don't know, man. That, well, yeah, I think I think it, it plays I mentioned this on an earlier podcast. It's role play, man. Everyone everyone has to play their role. And to make the the event, the night successful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The opener DJ has their role to play. The headliner DJ has their role to play, et cetera, right. et cetera, to all make it one. You know, it takes a village to make, you know, this night, night right. or successful. You know right. what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, if a bar back starts to be like, no, I want to be a bartender or a bartender's like, no, I want to be a bottle service. You know what I mean? It's going to create chaos. And, yeah. You know, you have to handle all that shit. So it's... And I think in that scenario where he was, you know, especially, you know, for uh, going back to where he tweeted, any any um, any agent or booker or anybody that is in a crowd watching out, I think would understand that, you know, understand yeah. that their roles. If you're a booker, you're you know, you're an agent, you know that, listen, if I have some clients underneath me and I'm putting them in open roles, you know what it means for them. Listen, you have to play this role. You have to play your part. And then. You know, they'll roll us like, yo, this guy's a team player. This girl, you know, this this girl's a team player and go from there and be like, okay, we like what you do. You know, like I said, you know, Mickey was saying earlier. So again, it just goes back to just playing the role and not just that's not how it goes. I'm going to shoot my shot. This is the only chance. This is not going to be the only chance you get. It might be if you fuck it up. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it will be your only chance. Um, But yeah, man, just just play the role, man. That's how that's that's how I look at it. Let me throw you guys this kind of. picture uh i've always looked at it this way and i remember kind of throwing this concept to a couple people and shout out to fashion who actually kind of uh put 
the same metaphor into one of his promo videos back in the day. You know, promo videos were hot. Yeah. And he's a big art guy. Right. And so I've always kind of thought that every night is a blank canvas, right? Yeah. And an opener is just an artist, as just like the main artist. And they're there to put down paint. And they can start with a nice Pantone colorway, or they can start with a crazy neon colorway. The thing is, you both have to be on the same page. And as a headliner, you assume that the guy that's setting the foundation yeah. for you to do your thing, which is the main focus of the painting, yeah. will complement each other. And so, yeah, if you're doing light colors, like um, high tones and, and lows and whatever the case may be, you're going to make a piece of art for the night. Yeah. But if you go in there and you're just slapping fucking... <laughs> Neon pink, you're getting up and you're slapping purple, <laughs> and you're just throwing shit on there without purpose, yeah. right? And you're you're like you're trying to be the focus of the painting. I'm yeah. pretty sure that that's not going to be a, a piece of art, right? It's just a fucking piece of paper. Well, one one thing I want to f- um, highlight, and I'm gonna have to disagree with him on this, is he said that one opening slot might be in front of an important agent or promoter. Give it your all. So as far as I know, maybe, maybe he, he knows, um, maybe he's, I don't know. I, maybe he knows something I don't, I don't think an agent's going to hear your set and say, Hey man, that was a great set. <laughs> well, who you signed to? Okay. So as far as I know, you get, you make it in this business, in the producer world, in the artist world, based on who, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you're coming up sure. under carnage, carnage is going to do his best to get you signed somewhere or sign you to his label and continue to promote you uh, in front in regards to the promoter. I can't imagine a promoter say, yo, you just banged it out right before the headliner, man, we're, we, we need to have you back. Right. But if you do it with the right songs, I can imagine an opener saying, Hey, um, I, I like uh, a promoter. I'm sorry. I can imagine a promoter saying, you know, I, I saw what you did. I heard what you did. You didn't burn any songs. and You did a great job. I would love to hear, you know, we should do this again, or I would love to hear um, you do a, a more of a headliner set. I, I think you have a better shot of hearing that than hearing, than you banging it out with the hardest shit and them saying, wow, that was amazing. We need to have you back. I agree with you, but just for the sake of like playing devil's advocate in this yeah. situation, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he might be saying that, as an opener, there's records that you might be able to play that will catch someone's ear that mm-hmm. will want them to sign you as a producer. Like if that's your records and you you're they're like banging records with the energy records, yeah, and you made those records, then maybe there's somebody that's gonna say Okay, that's different. If you produce those, if you remix yeah. and yeah, produce yeah. it and, and, and that, I can only assume and the agents say, Yo, who whose song is that? And you right. say, Oh, it's my song. And then that's the only like Yeah scenario just for the sake of because obviously carnage is not here yeah i could play carnage if you want me to but like <laughs> but no you uh, might be a hundred pounds lighter than him okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh i just think because he can't speak on on the on here uh for now that that's open maybe, to interpretation yeah all right yeah, yeah. so you know that there's a possible different perspective yeah yeah, well, yeah we're 
we're not trying to say he's wrong. We're just giving ways of looking at since he's not here to clarify anything. But there's also, he could also be speaking on his experiences overseas as well, where you're in Asia and they, they, you know, in some cases they want you to go hard or you're in festivals in Europe or Tomorrowland and you have to go hard. You're not, David Guetta isn't, you know, taking it easy because the chain smokers are going after him. Fuck no. You know, so there might be some overseas uh, situations where I think in the festival world hard. you're just paid to do you and, yeah. yeah you have and to, it's, it's, everything it's, is like it's different in that world like everybody hits the you know men in black light after every set and it's just like alright new set here reset. we go exactly but, but the good thing about overseas is I think they're open to more music so you're you can have a more wide range and well versed set as opposed to in here America in but, but but at the same time when if if you're in America if, if you're someone like Carnage playing no matter where you are, you're going to give them whatever you want to give them. You're not concerned about what they like. You're just going to give them what you what you want to play. Yeah, it's, That's like every producer's set in, in the world that I've heard. They don't care if these people know these songs. This is what they know. These are the songs they want to play, so they're going to play them. Yeah. It's, it's funny you say that because mm-hmm. I did see a tweet mm. that spoke a little about the differences between playing in America mm-hmm. or playing overseas or just kind of in general that, you know, when you're in this, let's call it States, uh, that you're kind of stuck playing some of the same records or the same format yeah. and versus outside of the States, it seems like people are a little more accepting of, I don't know, like the wider range or the ability to play records that might be a little older yeah. or, you know, um, you probably could speak on that the best because yeah. you've been um, in Asia and a couple of different places. Yeah. Uh, more recently um, than us. Yeah, I agree. I actually agree with that tweet. And I think, it, you know, a lot of DJs would have more fun if they got that experience or that opportunity to DJ overseas because it is a bigger world and you're, and you will realize, Oh shit, I can play these songs out here. Like they still love these old songs or these, random obscure songs or b-sides or whatever um shoot when i did trademark and shout out to ed robertson i played damn near everything in my serato like they were open to anything and everything and it was lit like what's the looked, weirdest like what's the most like off <sighs> like the record you haven't played the in the longest time <laughs> It that was went off for him probably uh and you're like oh shit here's this record let me get the dust off mm, and cue it up I think I played one older than this one, but I want to say it's probably a J-Lo song, like an old J-Lo song. We talking like 96 BPM, like, we talking like Rural Day, block. we talking like... Um, I think it was a 125 joint. Waiting on Tonight or like... Something like that. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would make you even think of playing something That's like just that? My record because though. I'm just like, uh, I don't know, man. You get Literally in that zone. Just throwing, that sh- throwing shit out I'm there. I'm telling you, like, you get in that zone. Yo, these guys are open to anything. Let me just dig. Like, you you start to have more fun with it because you mm. want to dig. You, oh, I haven't played this one. Or, or I've been wanting to play this, yeah. but I haven't got the opportunity yet. You throw up your uh, LMFAO horns when you play Party Rock? No, no, I don't. Do you even play party rock anymore? Oh yeah, I, there's this remix on DJ City that it's probably been up for less, no, probably less than a year. It's fire. It, yeah. It's got like a Moonbaton drums to yeah, it. Yeah, that that shit is fire. And the funny thing is, I play that song more than when I was Red Foo's DJ or touring with LMFAO because I got so used to playing on tour, mm. I just didn't think. Th- it probably doesn't make sense, but I didn't think to play it in my club sets. No, trust so me. So I just didn't. <laughs> I just didn't play it, but. Since ever since I like stopped uh, touring with him, 
I find myself playing it more. It's like a go-to for me when I'm in 128 range because I think it's at that point where it's where it's like um, time to bring it back and it's going to hit just as hard as it did yeah. before. But um but yeah, no, to to the back to the um the question with the um um music overseas. Yeah, I think you can do more than just the usual suspects that you do, you can do in America. And I think DJs will have more fun. When I do bang, bang, I was talking to Jay Espinosa about a bang, bang in Singapore. And he said, do you get that feeling like that? These people just all they want to hear is sing-alongs. It's like, absolutely. All they want to hear is sing-alongs, but it's sing-alongs. You really don't want to, you can't play in America yeah, or, right. you know, I'll, I'll do uh, the grand and memoir. And I can, I'd say I can probably do the most there in America than anywhere else. But when I go overseas, I can do more mm. overseas than I can do at the Grand because people are more open to it. Um, we were talking to B Dot, yeah, and and we we're talking about how he 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 can play a lot of different genres. Oh, like in Australia. In so. Australia, yeah, yeah. And, and I mentioned "Ring My Bell" by Will Smith. Like no one's playing that in America, but overseas in I'm Australia. Out there in my I don't even think people even know that song. Right, <laughs> but, but in Australia, every time it dropped, people were going crazy for it. In God. Sydney, the biggest city in Australia, or the That's most crazy. popping city. That's nuts. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I, I I understand the tweet. I think it also has to do. You know, it, again, it's like maybe it's a little vague because there's so many different parties, and I think the parties mm -hmm. and the cities yeah. justify the ability of what you're able to play, right? Because in LA, you can go to the Poppies on a Friday night yeah. or the Nightingale, Great slash Greystone on a Sunday night. Yeah, But then mine. you could also- well, it's actually, mine. it's hide now, mine. isn't it? That's mine. It's it's hide now, isn't it? Uh, sun, <laughs> Don't uh, Greystone? look at my water. <laughs> Greystone's on Sunday, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, I think it's at hide for now. Until it now. jumps between hide and Nightingale. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 but yeah. they still call it Greystone. <laughs> right, still right, right, right. Okay, gotcha. But uh, it's the same party. Yeah. And you could go to those parties or you could be at the do-over. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Kind of same, like, same day, same city, but you're going to have a completely different experience. And the range of music that you're able to play is going to be completely different. Yeah. Yeah. You know, shout out to, to Four Colors Act. Like, I mean, when he did his Boo-Over mix, you know, that mm, went- The office. A craze to the uh, interwebs. Yeah. You know- everybody couldn't help but notice like the crazy shit that he's playing. I think that partly has to do because it's four colors, Zach. Yeah. yeah. But it also has to do with the party and how you educate your crowd. Yeah. And I, and I think, and we're not going to say his name because he deleted the tweet. So maybe we, that, that's why we haven't said his name, but that guy that did tweet it, I like to think he does much cooler parties in both the States and outside the country to where you have the freedom to play a lot of random and cool stuff but not everyone gets that experience. Some guys, some people are are exclusive to just not, ex well, I guess exclusive to only playing specific songs for their night. And I it's think, usually a hip hop night where you play 10 hip hop songs. Yeah. yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. I think it just, it's just a, a shortage of those cool parties. Yeah. Yeah. The, the financial sexy parties tend to lean towards bottle service at the moment. Right. The fun parties, I think, are produced by people who just want to have a good time. Yeah. yeah. And so when it comes to what you're going to see more, well, the club needs to make money because they got rent to pay. They got payroll to pay. Exactly. They got, it's a business. So you're going to see a lot more parties that have to do with the financial gain than they do about the 
emotional or impactful moments, yeah. you know? And I think very few have figured out how to combine the two. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I, it is important, you know, for the, those cool parties, the everyday peoples, the do-overs, yeah. the tribes, exactly. right? Yeah. Those parties that you just know if you go in there, you'll be able to play whatever and, right. and people will accept it. Yeah, you know, to a certain range. I read a, I read a post. Uh, I also read a post recently that kind of touches on what uh, Mickey was speaking about, and it just gives a different perspective. Because I think as DJs, we sometimes we get spoiled, or you know, we or I shouldn't say we we not necessarily we get spoiled, but we get upset, I guess, for layman's terms, about these parties that we do because we have to co- continue playing the same shit, or we feel like we yeah. have to continue playing the same shit or whatnot. And um, the post basically spoke out, basically said that we have, as DJs, we have to understand that 90% of our audience aren't music connoisseurs like we are. You know, they don't, they're not looking to see what the next hot track is or when they hear it. Like, they're honestly just there to hear familiar shit to get away from the bad day or the bad week that they're trying to get away from. And us as DJs have to keep that in mind. And you know what I mean? And I was just like, you know what? Like, that's a dope perspective to have yeah. because we do get in there and we're like, like you said, I wasn't playing party rock anthem because I was playing it so much on tour that I wouldn't even think when I was playing it, when yeah. I was in the club doing my own shit, not to think to, to play that Yeah, because you know, you could have been over it. I'm just over playing that track. You know what yeah. I mean? And it happens to, happens to me. I'm sure it happens to all of us where we just like, yo, we constantly, you know, or because we're ch- always trying to play new stuff we're and we forget. Show. We're trying to push the envelope so much. And that we, we push the oldest stuff out, but the oldest stuff still works. Still works. And that's yeah. what familiar with our crowd. And we have to be like, yo, and, and, and I, I use the term like dumb it down, which I said to myself, I'm going to stop doing that because it's not, it's not fair to, you know, people that I play out to, that they're not, they don't have, you know, they have nine to fives. Like their nine to five is to go out and do whatever it is yeah. they are or whatever their career path is. Their career path is not music. They're not sitting in their laptop on their laptops waiting for new shit to come out every day, every week or whatever and on it, you know, listening to it. I mean, yeah, there are people out there that are doing that, but how many of those people are actually coming to the club yeah. if you really think about it, right? Because they were like, they're not going to play the shit that I want to hear in the club. Yeah, they're gonna play shit that I don't. I don't want to hear. So, right, you know, it, it definitely gave a diff- different perspective, and un- having that understanding as a DJ and that approach, I think, would allow us to have a lot more fun, be open up, be more open to continue to play, and just finding different ways to, you know, you know, create and expose these tracks, these familiar tracks that we're used to, or we don't think to play because we're just like, oh, we're over this shit or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's um, but I can imagine like. I, I, I've never DJed overseas, but I've been in the spots overseas and I can see like the yeah. wide range, the variety of music that yeah. is played and people react to it. And like, it definitely is refreshing when you're used to like being in the music industry and hearing the same stuff out in the nightlife and stuff like that. And then going somewhere completely different culture and being like, Oh shit, they responded to this. Right. And, and that's another thing is over people overseas. They're late to trends. They're late to music. Yeah. So so I'm sure in some city, in some country, ACT UP is going off right, right now. now. Just started going off. And we're, yeah. pro- I'm, I think I'm at the point where I'm like, do I even need to play this yeah. record? So you're yeah. at that point where you're like, uh, you're trying not to play it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's cold girl winter right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's free. It's, it's brick out here. Y'all better bundle up. <laughs> All those girls that were dissing me, I see them with their blankets by themselves right now. Or booed up with some nigga. <laughs> I mean. 
Okay. <laughs> it's not helping <laughs> the man's cause. <laughs> playing, but playing on both sides of that, right? Like there's probably just how we may get to the point where we're like, man, I'm tired of playing whatever same records or same vibe. There's definitely some DJ overseas or uh, in the Midwest or the East Coast, and they're like, yo, I, w- I want to play those 20 records in L.A. Yeah. yeah. That would be, you know, fucking ecstasy for them, you know? Like, right. it would be a crazy moment. It just how, you know, sometimes you need to refresh yourself. Every time, every now and then, <laughs> I think everybody needs something new and something fresh. But it really just comes down to the party and the crowd, I think, and how yeah. the the venue or promoters that were, you know, selected to put together those moments or those places yeah you know they play a role five years from now is bottle service still the thing absolutely yeah i think you'll see a lot less dance floors and more bottle service tables there's always gonna be someone willing to pay for exclusivity Mm -hmm. no matter what no yeah, yeah absolutely like if you're asking the question will it be dead dead means Gone. gone. No, I don't think they'll be gone. I don't think it'll ever be gone. Because mm-hmm. I think people, and I think even now, people are still pushing the envelope to that exclusivity. Yeah. You know, how can, because like, all the venues are just getting smaller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the, the smart kind of angle at the moment. Yeah. You just charge more, you know? Yeah. Less employees, less overhead. Nope. But it's going to be interesting to see. I think the parties just need to, shit, we should start our own party. Yeah, shout out to everybody out there that's putting together their own parties, man. A lot of these DJs, a lot of these uh, these uh, promoters or whatever are putting together some dope, dope, dope yeah. parties, man. One hundred percent. You know, we don't we I we don't as a DJ culture shine a lot enough light, or I feel we don't shine enough light on those those type of parties because we bitch and complain about whatever being in these clubs or whatever and we was like yo just go throw your own party if that's the case you know well see here, here's something I like because you mentioned that there's something I like to throw out there five years from now I think those parties yeah. will take over bottle service because uh, because people see p- people are going to start going out to more of those parties and they're going to realize like yo it's just fun to just hear some good shit and just to dance and not spend a lot of money doing it mm-hmm. okay so i'm not saying it's going to it's going to wipe out bottle service but i think there are a lot of parties popping up and all it takes is some club owner to say why don't we do that theme on the on a friday night it seems to go well on an off night why don't we do it on a on a friday night where people want to hear more of the dance friendly music more of the stuff they grew up uh, listening to mixed in with the newer stuff. And one example I can think of is a party out in Slate uh, in New York called Slate. Shout out to Greg Grooves. He does a, a, a party. Out, he does uh, Fridays and Saturdays or one of the two, but it's, but it's, it's dance floor driven mm. and he plays everything under the sun. And this is New York. Yeah. You know what I mean? This Isn't is a meat packing. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, but, but regardless I think people are going to want to go out and just have a good time and not want to spend money. And, you know, we've, we've heard before the, the younger crowds, they're not, they're not trying to spend a lot of money. Well, cause they're 18. Yeah. They no, I'm talking all. about 21 and over. Know, but, a lot of the uh, younger people yeah, still yeah. don't want to spend money. But I think even those parties, like you said, the, it, those parties that, uh, you know, a lot of these DJs are, you know, whoever are putting together yeah. and doing themselves and creating a dance floor at some point it's a business. So, 
they're going to be 100%. like, yo. They're going to go where the money is. Yeah, they're going to go. They don't have to go to the money. And I think that they're going to start incorporating more table situations or reservation style well, situations. Shout then. out to, I, I could be wrong here, but I think Mike Steniger was behind the idea of the towel like shared VIP experience, which was like, you can buy like a spot at a table and they would like combine people who didn't want to spend all the money on a on a table, yeah, and and put you together. It's yeah. almost like a reservation. So that space, way, huh? you 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 take the minimum yeah. collectively, but you're still able to get that experience without having to fork up the entire yeah, two whatever, grand yeah. or three grand, whatever the minimum can be at the time. So I think that's the forward thinking that we might see. But I think for eighteen and over clubs and just uh, in general, like financially speaking and the way clubs typically structure uh, deals with promoters, the venue keeps a big chunk of the bar, but usually gives up a hundred percent of the door. Mm, yeah, yeah. That I might just be speaking for LA, but I know mm -hmm. that's a lot of the times how things are structured. So with an 18 and over, if you're not collecting that big check, cause the bar is going to be light. Like mm. that probably won't go very far yeah. like you'd have to really come up with some sort of unless you start you know selling six packs of capri suns at the club <laughs> yeah well, i don't with that shit by the way hey. just for the record i'm voting for that <laughs> i don't um shout out to tony handsome capri suns Yo, some poppy <laughs> um yeah i i don't know we, we we don't know we we can sit here and speculate but i just this is a very copycat industry if, if it happens if it does well for one club you eventually see, they'll, yeah, they'll, they'll all do it, it. And yeah. and I think Magnified. if bottle service starts to go down, the sale bottle service sales go down, the club owners are going to be forced to do something different and stop trying to be cool. I think they're going to have to close and become smaller. Scaling is like one of the most difficult things in any mm. business. It doesn't matter but what. But some of these clubs are like, let's say Poppy. If Poppy bottle service stops working out for Poppy, they can't close and get smaller. They got to figure yeah, something out. Their line is, they, is they, so far yeah. out the door. And they're, no, I'm and just saying, like, take that, a, a venue as small as Poppy. Yeah, you can't they can get just any smaller. Format and you, then, just, you, know, you just have to that. start. I don't see their demand to to lack of demand is so separated. Like, I get what you're saying. I'm just yeah. Take the name out. Okay. I'm just saying the size of the venue. Yeah. You can't get any smaller than that. So you have to figure out if you want to continue to keep that venue open. No, they you have to get closed. creative. Venues closing is not a and then and then thing. and then reopen yeah, and try and sell bottles not. again. No, you <laughs> shift the business model. You shift the space. <laughs> That's just business. That's yeah. how everybody operates. How many clubs have you seen go, go up go and go up, down yeah, or go up, right back change up. a different yeah. name? Yeah. It's because they're gonna try and sucker whoever else into like taking over that lease or taking over the build out or whatever the case may be. I think it just comes down to creative solutions. You yeah. Know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agreed. We shall see. Word. Well, shit. I think that yeah. does it for us. Episode 23. 23. 23. Yeah. And we appreciate you guys for tuning in. Yes, Make sir. Make sure to repost us. Please. Tag us. Please. Check us out. Please. At DJ Tell a friend. 12 on at, D at DJ, sorry, I was talking was at DJ Rel 12. Yep. On yeah. all there platforms. Say it. Say yeah. what you chose. Yeah. At DJ Danger Zone. Yep. At Hey Mickey War. Thank you guys for tuning in. Mickey D's podcast.